Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. of his breed, the world's finest, Waterboy. Bobby Boucher was a lonely boy. Smelt like you could use a shower, oh, Dickie. Everybody else got friends, Mama. I just want some, too. You want to have what they call the social skill. My name is Bobby Boucher. That's why you never have any friends, except for your mama. Constantly tormented by everyone. Until one day... Somebody hurt you, my boy. You gotta defend yourself here, Bobby. Or they're gonna ride you for the whole season. They pushed him too far. Stop making fun of me. Oh, dang. He's killed, though. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today. My name is Robert LaRonde. With me is nobody who's usually here. They are still on vacation, but I am here holding up the fort. I am the most important team member in this particular instance. The water boy has turned into the star. (laughs) And I should mention we're on the E1 Podcast Network, but today... I have asked my friend Tom McGee to come in. Hey. And we are going to be talking about a movie which involves hydration. It's true. And masculinity. Yes. But before we get into that, first of all, I want to thank our Patreons. Those are the folks who give us a little bit of money every month so that we can keep the podcast going. And in return, we give you the podcast early. It's ad-free. And you get that high-fidelity quality. Yeah, it's in 4K. It's in <laughs> – that's right. <laughs> it's it's uh, one bite per hour. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> yeah. Like the queen listens to. Like the queen listens to. But, Tom, we're going to talk about Waterboy today, and I asked you what movie you wanted to talk about. I suggested we hadn't done a lot of Adam Sandler movies for mm. some reason, but uh, this was the one that you came up with. So what's your thinking on that? So – it's weird. I had not experience watching it because I'm pretty sure I've only seen this movie once. But I do remember a lot of the lines from it, which is really fucking strange. Right. I think I, I remember distinctly watching this movie when I was a kid. Like when, right when it came out. Uh, and by right when it came out, I mean when it hit the TV right. where I could afford to watch it. <laughs> I was sitting in my, my basement at my house in Mississauga, Ontario, watching it on this old busted-ass CRT. 
uh, TV that had um, basically like a switchboard to change channels. Wow. So they had like three channels that worked really well. Upstairs we had like a slightly better but still kind of crappy TV. Right, downstairs, basement TV. Basement TV, yeah. We had a black and white TV in the basement. This one was like an in sepia TV. Like it, it, wow. it couldn't quite decide. You have to one-up me. <laughs> uh, it, honestly, it was a color TV at one point. It just couldn't decide what right. it was doing anymore. It was like someone had just soaked it in tea. Um, so the Waterboy came on and I watched it and I still remember – laughing so hard and i find uh i i was kind of like a, a bookish kid right i was an indoor kid and so i found a lot of things funny but i'd be like ashamed to be too uproariously laughing about it and that right. kind of carries through today where like i'll watch very funny things or read very funny things and be like, hmm. and yeah exactly i have that like she's like hmm. <laughs> oh, very good don't so be afraid like, to laugh tom oh, man one day well it turns out it was the water boy that's all i needed uh so the water boy i was just losing my mind i was laughing so hard i was crying it was wow. literally just every time he he did the scream and, and tackle someone right it was just a combination of like this weird pig squeal yeah the pig squeal and it was always a horrifying yeah horrifying noise always a abrupt and it always ended in slapstick someone falling down and that was enough to kind of really get me uh and the weirdest thing for me about this this film was i, I only saw it the once and at one point someone was like yeah like this adam sandler guy's really good he you know he was in uh the wedding singer and he's in waterboy and i was like no 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 those are two different guys <laughs> so i remember watching the wedding singer and being like oh man this guy's really good and i'm like no the guy in the water boy's a goof but like the guy <laughs> in the wedding singer that's an actor yeah uh and god he's suave He's got those looks. Yeah, it's like one of these guys will be in Punch Drunk Love. The other one's going to be in Grown Ups, too. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, it was it was all one man. Many, wow. Many facets. So as a result, it's always kind of held this weird place in my head where there's still, you know, the mocking, like, water boy and, like, H2, right. like, uh, Gatorade. I've just kind of yeah. stuck in my head forever. So when I said I'm saying the movies, I know a lot of people kind of gravitate towards the Billy Madisons and the right. Happy Gilmores and the Big right. Daddies. But for me, it was fucking Waterboy. It was like the one. Wow. And I hadn't seen it since then. I'm like, I'm sure this has gotten worse. Uh, <laughs> so and we will talk about we that. We sure will. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what brought me around to that. And I guess I'm, I, my, I guess my, my shtick on the show is just to, like, scrape off old 90s comedies. Do it. Clerks and this. Yeah. Austin Powers. Like... You let me keep going, yep. Rob. I'm just going to keep bringing do hell them. to our doorstep. People need to know whether they're good, <laughs> and we need to tell them. They so need to thank throw you. out those posters. <laughs> My experience with The Water Boy is similar in that I'm pretty sure that I only saw it once. I remember we rented it. My dad, we were at like one of his friends' place, and we watched it with his family. And I, I'm not a sportsy person. As people may know, but in particular, football is like the last sport that uh, I know anything about. <laughs> I am like positively like I know nothing. Like I've I've seen hockey games. I've played baseball in like elementary school, basketball. You know, I've shot a basketball. You know, like with a gun. <laughs> with a gun. Well, you should have seen how it was looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> but football, I have like no experience. I did like Adam Sandler at the time. I remember this was, I think, probably like the last Adam Sandler movie that I thought was any good. Mm. Like after this, I think was when he just sort of stopped trying. You know, it was this pre or post Billy Madison. This is post Billy Madison. Really? Oh, yeah. Shit. All right, because I didn't encounter either of those films, like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, until much, much later. Mm -hmm. So in my head, it's like literally water, like <laughs> Wedding Singer, Waterboy happened within like a year, and then it was like a bunch of other shit. But wow, yeah, okay, then yeah. this was the last. The chronology, I believe, is Happy Gilmore 
precedes this one, and before that is The Wedding Singer, and then Billy Madison is one of his earlier ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's like his big like first starring movie. Right. And then there's some other ones in there, which some of them have interesting moments, but none of them like at that point I wasn't I was like, I am I've outgrown Adam yeah, yeah, Sandler. Yeah. I will always look back wistfully like an old friend and be like Remember those times that we had with those comedy tapes and Opera Man? But And that time you ran a toll booth and yelled at people with swears? Yeah. So that was my experience with the movie. I hadn't seen it since then. But there are things that run through my mind, like some of the gags, some of the jokes, like the Colonel Sanders, the medulla obligata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things, I don't know whether they became part of the larger pop culture zeitgeist because people do like this movie mm-hmm. and whether or not I just they were repeated to me that way or whether I maybe caught bits of it on TV after that. Well, I also feel like a lot of Adam Sandler's early movies become kind of like an Adam Sandler gumbo where it's just like <laughs> – Very appropriate. I, yeah. <laughs> we're down in Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> I'm by the gumbo. Because I couldn't tell you that Mandula Amlogata came from this and not Billy Madison until I watched this and I was like, oh, yeah. Right. And there were just a bunch of those moments where I was like, right, this is from this one. But all of them have such a similar tone and weirdly like – in his early films, he got an odd obsession with, like, schooling. Yeah, he's going to have to go he's back to school to to at school. some point. I mean, maybe that's, like, his, his big that regret. That was his hit, yeah. But he did go to school. Adam Sandler went to NYU, so I don't know where <laughs> this is coming from. I know that sounds surprising. Well, he came up with that song, Back to School, and he's like, oh, God, i got to use this. <laughs> in every movie. In every movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's that part in The Ridiculous Six where he goes back to school. <laughs> Probably. I haven't yeah, it's weird. It. In the middle of that Chris Farley tribute, he just goes back to school. <laughs> He's got to pass the GED or do like a quiz. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Bradley Whitford's there. It's good. So the water boy. This is the tale. <laughs> Come down to the bayou, boy. <laughs> this is the story of Baba Boucher. Baba Boucher. <laughs> and he is a simple but lovable water boy. And he performs for the uh, a football team called the Cougars. And... He's very passionate about his job. He loves it. He he goes the extra mile. Like it's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. But the people on this team, they make fun of him. They do. And uh it gets to a point where their harassment of him, it gets to a it's to a boiling point and uh the coach has got to step in. What does he do? He fires Adam Sandler. He says, "You can't be the water boy anymore after 18 years. It's all over." So, I mean, this is crushing for him. It's everything that he has. It's literally how he identifies as the water boy. So he's got to get a new a new gig. So what does he do? He goes to this crappy-looking school. Well, Rob, if I may, first he goes home to tell Mama. We're, we're missing Mama entirely so far in your, in your story. Can't forget about Mama. He does tell his Mama that uh, he lost his job. And she's sad? No, she's very happy. She's like, good, stay home with me. Yes. <laughs> stay home with me. I'm Kathy Bates. you got to stay, right. stay with me. This is, yes, the great Kathy Bates. Of course, perhaps best known, I think, at least to our generation, as uh, Misery. I believe that was the character's name. Uh, honestly, yeah. And she was like, I liked it so much, I'm going to do it in this Adam Sandler movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> she's great at playing uh, obsessed mm. and clingy. 
Just like with Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> She's kind of typecast. Yeah, honestly. I feel bad. And the fried green tomatoes in fried green tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, truly. And I like that she's always named the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, because the mom is an important part of the thing. And it's the only person he has. He lives at home with his mom. Uh, she brushes his hair every night. It's like a really, you know, mm-hmm. creepily intimate relationship. It's not quite Buster Bluth. Yeah, he's like one motel short of Psycho. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he goes to this other school and uh, talks to the coach there, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, hey! <laughs> and uh, asks to become that team's water boy. But this is such a crummy school. They can't afford it. And he's not a very good coach anyway. Like he can't, he, he can't come up with plays or anything like that. But Bobby insists on being their water boy for free because he looks at their water bucket and it is disgusting. And he just feels like it's a public service that he needs to do. So he becomes the water boy again. And is, is it going to be a good fit? He goes to the practice and it's a very motley crew. This football team, like uh, like all the cheerleaders are drunk. There's uh, this like down home on the bayou assistant coach named Farmer Fran. Yeah, like a a what would have been a Chris Farley role in any of like he's the, the bus driver from Billy Madison. He's just a classic angry, kind of hard to understand, big comedy guy. Yeah. The team hasn't won in ages. Yeah. Ages and ages. They're, I think it's like a 41 game streak or 41 year streak I forget which but anyway they're they're really they're down on their luck they're, yeah. they're not having a good time they're not very good and they're definitely taking out their uh, anger on Adam Sandler the new guy the water boy and they start uh, one guy in particular starts provoking him mm-hmm. and he he's has like a flashback moment where he just like sees all these other times where he's been taunted by his old coach, by other people, and he loses his shit and tackles the guy and he looks hurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a guy with anger problems, a, a person with a hairline trigger. Mm-hmm. Let's use him for sports. Sports. <laughs> When the coach suggests that he come and play on the team, he is initially hesitant because mm-hmm. he knows that his mom's not going to let him play. No, no, she football. doesn't like the foosball. Doesn't like the foosball. Henry Winkler thinks that maybe he can talk some sense into her. So they sort of go for dinner. They have a good home cooked Louisiana meal. It's anaconda with squirrel as dessert, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And I. I feel a little bit bad for the people of Louisiana. I don't know how many anacondas are in their diet. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, an anaconda-heavy diet is it's good for you. It's good for nature. It means that uh, Jennifer Lopez doesn't have to go into the jungle to fight it. That's true. So that's good. I mean, you're just doing a public service. They are recommending that we eat more anaconda. It's part of the Canadian food pyramid. Uh, <laughs> the dairy farmers just really overrode the anaconda part. The hipsters, though, with their anaconda toast. <laughs> That's, that's why they can't afford condos can't afford condos. Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> but Henry Winkler says, you know, even though his mom won't let him play foosball, he should just do it anyway. Because 
what his mama doesn't know won't hurt her. And he demonstrates this by uh, one of my favorite moments is when he reveals his Roy Orbison tattoo. (laughs) Which is on his right butt cheek. Exactly. Honestly, I just think that's pretty fucking cool. Roy Orbison's the boss. I kind of hope that uh, Winkler just showed up with that. He's like, can we use this? I've always wanted to use this. I have this tattoo on my derriere. (laughs) (laughs) Take to the sea. Now we're just doing Henry Winkler quotes, but I like it. I like it. I think it's the right thing. Acceptable. It's acceptable. But he goes to practice, but he doesn't know anything about football. No. He's never paid any attention. Too busy focusing on the water. Yeah, the pH balance and all of that. But they sort of tell him that all he has to do is think about the people who have been mean to him and then just – Sports violence. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Sports violence, though. <laughs> I want you to think about all those mean people. They're going to be your tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. We're going to use them to play football. Tackling fuel. I want you to pretend that Casey is insulting you. Pretend? I want you to visualize all those people that have been mean to you, and then I want you to attack. I want you to visualize and then attack. Can you handle that? I tried. Just going to try. And there are, there's a lot of people who, uh, who get some sports violence in this. It's a hell of a montage of just, <laughs> just uh, a, a very capable stuntman tackling <laughs> other very capable stuntmen. Cat scans for all. <laughs> and to all a good night. Oh, wait. No, don't go to sleep. <laughs> I, well, I believe that Adam Sandler did a lot of his own stunts really? for this. So he might have had to do all of those. Uh, well, he always gets the good end of it, though, because he gets to basically jump and hug people. Yeah. And then they fall over. <laughs> so, you know. Just really sharing the love. Yeah, it's extreme hugging. (laughs) Well, the first game that he plays, he actually ends up costing them the game because somebody makes fun of his mama and you don't do that. No, no. And he like actually gives the guy the ball who then runs for the touchdown and then he kicks the shit out of him. But uh, it's not how you win a football game as far as I understand. Uh, well, okay, so the CFL rules are a little bit different. That is actually how you win right. a CFL game. In the NFL, <laughs> no, no dice. So and unfortunately, we're in Louisiana, so, you know. And what is the CFL policy on pile drivers or power bombs? Which was it? Well, I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson did start his career as a CFL football player. I so, forgot that. As it turns out, people's elbow, very important uh, to the CFL. Yeah, people always, you know, talk about him like a wrestler first, but it was really his CFL roots that gave him That's the, how he got the, role the superstar the quality. Really. They're like, oh, you're CFL? <laughs> Fucking hop in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But there's other stuff happening in this. Uh, we can't have an Adam Sandler movie without a <laughs> <No>. <laughs> attractive love interest. Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk. And, uh, I mean, I love Feruza Balk. I'm just always happy to see her in stuff because I forget, like, kind of, I forget she exists until I go back to 90s films. I'm like, oh, right. hey, there you are. <laughs> Till you turn on the craft again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, old friend. <laughs> yeah. And she plays Vicky Valancourt. Such a, a name with like such a melodic ring to Honestly, it. Honestly, it's almost a Batman character, like Vicky Vale. Vic, yeah, but like Vicky Valancourt would fit well in in Gotham alongside. Although with Vicky Vale, probably be too much. But it's a very like Stanley alliterative yeah. thing, uh, and it's I think funny coming out of all of these accents mouths, and I think that's probably why they went with it. But yeah, uh, Vicky Valancourt. 
Yeah. It's good. It's fun. But she, I, she's a little bit more interesting in some ways than some of the other Adam Sandler female co-stars. She actually has agency and does things rather than just... Well, let's not go crazy, okay. Tom. Yeah, fair, enough. fair enough. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, when she meets Adam Sandler, like we understand that a long time ago, she and Adam Sandler, maybe when they were kids, they were friends. And then Adam Sandler's mom was like... Girls are the devil. This is what she says to everything. Foosball's the devil. And then you get a sick lick of devil went down to Georgia. Just yeah. those fiddles come in and oh boy. Yeah, that's right. Which is like really short-sighted of him considering that he was going to do Little Nicky right <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, Reserve it for that. Though, while I'm thinking of it, there is a sad devil went down to Georgia bit that I love in this movie. Yep. It is well, <laughs> it's well executed. Oh, but uh, Charlie Daniels is uh, a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's a horrible monster. Horrible but, monster. Uh, he also lost the lawsuit against uh, Guitar Hero because you, you play against the devil, and if the devil wins, you lose. And he's like, no, the devil can never win. So he tried to sue them, and they're like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> It'd be funny the judge. <laughs> oh, man. I love those fiddle-playing judges. But I... The Vicky Valancourt character sort of interests me because she says, like, the first thing that she says when she meets Adam Sandler is that she's fresh out of jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, she, what's up with her? She's like, I mean, she's definitely, like, a bad girl. She jokes about the police being after her at one point when the, uh, later on, Kathy Bates gets sick, air quotes, and the police comes to mm-hmm. tell her. She's like, ah, I was, I was, I was with th- you from, like, 2 to 4 a.m. last night. Yeah, I'm stealing times. Yeah, well, I think I think they imply that she boosted cars because she right. like soups up a bunch of stuff. She's basically a Fast and Furious character who just happens to live in Louisiana. Right, um, it's like a prototype of Michelle Letty. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah, but she also threatens to kill the proctors on his exam. So, like, maybe harder than we think. Like, maybe like, oh yeah, she boosts cars, but like. Maybe puts bodies in them. We don't know. She's dark. But also I wondered, because it had been such a long time since I saw this, I wondered, like, is she conning Adam Sandler? Is this some sort of grift or something? Because she shows up basically out of nowhere after he starts winning football games and then inexplicably is just with him. Excuse me. May I help you? Hey, stud. Vicky Valancourt, did you say Quite a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I just got out of jail. I heard you were playing football. Yes, well, I... I, I... We live up by another day. We live up by another day. Yes. Well, in there. <laughs> so what say we go and get something to eat and catch up on things? So I've got, I've got a horrible theory on this Uh-oh. that I unfortunately think is true. Uh, this film borrows a lot of story beats from Forrest Gump what? in a real unfortunate way. And I think the idea – But Forrest Gump didn't play f- – But no, it's, it's the Jenny thing where it's like we were friends as kids. He and, did play football. And you were a sweet simpleton to me. So I fell in love with you then. And even though like I've gone on and lived a life, like I still remember that sweet little boy. And that's who I'm in love with. And right. Because like, like, there were just a bunch of times during this where I was like, oh – uh. Yeah. But no, I think they, they play it completely earnestly. Also, he's got nothing to steal. Like, it'd be weird if there's like, there was a, a Boucher family fortune, then like, maybe right. you could have a little like, dirty rotten scoundrel situation going on. Yeah. But no, she just, I think, <laughs> inexplicably is in love with Adam Sandler because I think he 
as a, they have a flashback to when they're kids, and I think he says she's pretty or he's in love with her. There's some there's some right, like yeah. weird thing, but it seems to just be a, a runner in these sorts of films where they're just like, oh, we can just short circuit any actual character interaction by just saying, oh, they're friends as kids. Yeah, yeah. Tale as old as time. <laughs> But he starts having success on the football field. They start winning games, and they even – they're going to go to the Bourbon Bowl. Oh, classic American sports phenomenon. <laughs> but the, they'll be you know facing off against the coach of the team that he used to be water boy for. And we also learn later that Henry Winkler's character and that guy have – some history like he stole Henry Winkler's playbook when they were both assistant coaches for the same team and now he's been using that green book for the whole time he won some Oscars for it Vigo was in it it was <laughs> yeah it was that's like, right <laughs> Marshall Ali was there but only as a supporting actor apparently like, like it's, it's a whole thing yeah <laughs> but the coach of the other team also informs them that yeah, he knows that Bobby didn't actually graduate high school, so he's not eligible to play for the team, and the NCAA is going to, you know, force him to not play. So drama. Yeah, yeah, it's big drama. But they eventually let him will let him play if he just passes the GED. So he studies his ass off for one night. <laughs> One very important night of reading. But this is where his mom finds out what he's been doing behind her back that he's been playing the foosball. Yep. It's unforgivable. It's tough. Yeah. Mom is real worried that everyone she loves will leave her. So she's she's just you – know, <laughs> she's having none of this. Yeah. And, you know, so there's some backstory too. Like we found out that, you know, in a very Tennessee Williams glass menagerie way <laughs> – <laughs> And I'm sure that's what they were thinking of. They're like, we're in the South. We've got some secrets. Adam Sandler and Frank Karachi, the director, did The Glass Menagerie at NYU. <laughs> I, I just, I, this I, is I, a memory I, play. I feel all the time like a cat on a hot gin roof. <laughs> Laura, blow out the candles. <laughs> you can do it. You can blow out the candles, Laura. <laughs> Why did we get Rob Schneider for the gentleman caller? <laughs> <laughs> Truly the darkest timeline. <laughs> but she's mad about that. And he also tells her that uh, she has feelings for Vicky Valancourt. Mm-hmm. And she showed him her boobs and he liked it. Yep. Yep. That is an actual line from the film. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know how to feel about I mean, it's a comedy movie. Well, and he's also <laughs> and I realized as I was watching it, there's there's an interesting thing happening in this one that doesn't really ever happen again in an Adam Sandler film, no. I think, which is him playing an innocent. Like he's completely he's asexual. Bu- and you're, you're right about Bluster Bluster Bluth, Jesus. <laughs> Bluster Bluth. In terms of he's just he's so clueless that, you know and this is again where it's getting like weird Forrest Gump vibes because she's like in his room and they kiss and he's like, oh, that was very nice. Like that's never happened to me before. And she's like, oh, I think that was nice. And then she like unzips her shirt. It was the 90s. So they kept it above her chest, which was like a surprise. Yeah. I was like, good for you. Good for you, film. <laughs> you manage the base <laughs> level of decency. But he there's nothing horny about it, which like she's horny, but he's yes. not. And because he's playing an innocent, I think it softens it, whereas in all of his other films he's like much more of a horny asshole about it. it like d- Billy Madison, like all those sure. things. He's just like, Oh no, he's a horn dog. Whereas in this case it's like, no, no, he's it's just- sort of innocent. But I would I would say 
The camera, sir, is not innocent. Hell no. No, nor is the <laughs> And neither is the wardrobe. Yes, no. yes, yes. <laughs> because... Give her a bra. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I definitely, uh, yeah. Her in this particular scene stuck with me when I was a, an adolescent. Uh, yeah, she, she's sure. just wearing like a zipper vest. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of teen boy fantasies born out of that scene. And the Kathy sure. Bates is in it, so like obviously, <laughs> and like, the Kathy Bates yeah, scene. It's just two two levels there. We, yeah, I love me some Kathy Bates because she also she's so creative. She's also a director. Mm-hmm. She's fucking great. Yeah, she just she brings loves- a lot of class to American Horror Story. Right. Yep, 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 yeah, yep. she's fantastic. We love you, Kathy Bates. Long time <laughs> listener of the show. <laughs> Patreon supporter. <laughs> Enjoy your 4K version of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but she obviously upset. She gets sick. Yep. She has some medical distress. She uh, she pretends to be sick. And then Bobby says that he can't play football because he has to look after his mom. And and also the, really the town kind of turned against him when uh, when they found out he didn't have his GED. They were so upset that he couldn't play that they all like said he was a cheater and they didn't like him anymore. And that really hurt him because he, he thought he had friends. Yeah. Uh, and then they all went to go stand around the big bonfire without him. And he was real, real bummed. So he's like, my mom's the only person who cares about me. She sets yeah. us up for our big heart, quote, quote, heartwarming finale sequence. <laughs> it was almost heartwarming until Clint Howard grabbed Bruce Balk's oh, head. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes, I love that Clint Howard's in this movie. Because how often do you get to see Clint Howard when his fucking brother's not behind well, the camera? And he also camera. gets to give like a heartfelt monologue about not being the best looking dude. And I'm like, oh, this is, he's living <laughs> his truth right now. God, he grabbed her boob. Uh, Stop that. Yeah. I laughed, but uh, my girlfriend definitely didn't. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think she was the right one in, yep. in that case. Yep. <laughs> the, the correct response is to bulk at it. Yes, <laughs> and I'll fruits uh, <laughs> that next that, time. Next time, yeah, there that we go. Very... We did it. We got there. We got there. Yeah, but he does. He is convinced to to come out and. And play you know, the ball goes around and, and finds everyone whose life he's touched in a very Billy Madison way and gets them all together, including Colonel Sanders, who you mentioned, the, his like, teacher who he didn't get along with, but now he does for some reason, Clint Howard. Who's like, uh, <laughs> it's because fear, Tom. That's why. <laughs> the great motivator. So she rallies everybody. Clint Howard, who's a super fan, who's like one of these two kind of hillbilly super fans. Yeah. We're there. I'm sure there's other people, but we don't really care about any of them. Henry Winkler's Rob there. Schneider. Rob Schneider's there. He's the, he, he yells his for the first time. I believe his iconic line. I you can feel do it. Like, is it. Is this the first you can do it? Because I, Tom, I don't know, man. Tom McGee. I mean, I. Happy Gilmore, maybe. I don't know. Oh shit! But this is the iconic one because he says it like six times, and he also says, "Cut that guy's head off." He gets to yell a lot of things in this one, and most importantly, he gets to say, "You can do it all night long," which is, I think, the the high school pinnacle of the "You can do it," which yeah. I heard yelled at the Rogers Cup tennis match a, like a couple weeks ago at a very fancy tennis match Somebody for Serena yelled, uh nope no it was just a random random like low-level Canadians on a course I was like you can do it I was like what <laughs> he's a Rob Schneider or the offspringer here and either way this is a much different tennis game. oh right it was used in an offspring song it was it was too. used in um original prankster yes original prankster wow I fucking love the offspring 
It's <laughs> my first band. I I was okay with the Offspring. I like Self Esteem's a good song. Self Esteem's great song. Yeah. yeah, and that guy's a PhD or whatever. Yeah, yeah, solving yeah, the too. world peace. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she manages to rally all these people who get Bobby to realize that that you know he should play, but he still doesn't want to. He still doesn't want to upset his mom. So yeah. he tells them all to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Uh, in a PG thirteen way. Uh, but then lo and behold. Mama wakes up. Yeah, and his mom has come to her senses, and she tells him, she sits him down, tells him the truth about his dad, because she had told him that he was in the French Foreign Legion, and he died in the Sahara of thirst. Uh, Yeah, of thirst. Which has obviously traumatized him to the point where he hasn't been able to move on from his water boy career for his entire life. Thanks, Ma. You know, uh, honestly, if you can't supply water to the French Foreign Legion, what can you aspire to as a Louisiana child? Yeah. But she reveals that, no, he just uh, went off with a voodoo woman named oh. Phyllis. Oh. <laughs> she just named Roberto. Yeah. Oh, my word. Is that my daddy? No, no. This guy dated before I met your father. Oh, you could iron a shirt on his stomach. Well, that was lust, not love. Turn the page. That's your daddy. So handsome. Read on. Dear Helen. Who's Helen? That's my first name, Bobby. But... That gives him permission to go play the game. So it's the day of the game, and it's already basically started. So they have to like race there on a fan boat. Yep, as you do, which is fun. Yep, the yeah. main form of transportation in Louisiana, based on movies I've seen. <laughs> yep, yeah. And they do get there, but they don't get there until like halftime. Yep. And this is where it gets a bit confusing for me because I don't actually know the rules of football, but there's some stuff happening and then other stuff happening and it seems like it seems like they might come up to win, but then oh, I remember one of the players keeps taking a knee and not in the good political way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so there's some weird I know a little bit about football, but it's not it's not my sport of choice either. Uh, I learned uh, how to play football by playing the Tiny Toons football uh, NES game, <laughs> uh, which honestly helped me understand, oh, you run it across the line, and then you get points. Right. Thanks, Tiny Toons. You See, got me, I did got not get that in. part. Yeah, no, no, it's important. So basically a bunch of weird things are happening in this game. There's a bunch of ways you can stall the play. Okay. So basically the bad guys have realized that with Bobby Boucher on the field, he's probably going to win. So they have to do everything they can to just slow the clock down. But and Henry Winkler's having a hell of a time with this. Like he he just right. doesn't know what to do. No, uh, and all the plays are unstoppable. And unfortunately, because they're all his plays, you know, it's it's like he's fighting himself. He can't he can't do anything. Yes, until Bobby inspires him. Yes. to just imagine evil coach as non threatening things. So he transforms into a baby. He transforms into a, little a dog, puppy dog. lady in the tramp kinda. And as a result, he's able to come up with new plays. Yeah, uh, which basically just mean. We're just gonna put the water boy in every time. Just make him do and whatever. Just win. Um, he can kick footballs too. Yeah. Though there is also there's a good moment we haven't talked about. I can't believe I forgot to talk about his buddy yeah, his Derek friend. Lawrence Gilliard Jr., who I think is best known as uh, D'Angelo uh, Bark Bark. Fuck, I forgot the name. I'm so stupid. D'Angelo from The Wire. Yep. yep. 
And also he's on The Walking Dead for a while, while too. But it doesn't matter because Walking Dead was just like, hey, when do we need a new black guy? Let's see who is in The Wire. Oh, he's dead now. All yeah. right. Carry on. See who else was in The Wire. <laughs> Who's this Idris Elbar guy? Let's get <laughs> oh, him. Oh, they wish. <laughs> they fucking do wish. And it's his first friend on the team because they, they realize that their moms say similar things. And so it means Bobby's had one guy kind of on his side the whole time. Yeah. He's the kicker. So he's also not on the field all the time, which helps because he can hang out with a water boy. Yes, that's right. And he gets to uh, – he imagines when he's doing his thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he imagines a kicking a guy. It's weird. It's this like tall guy in a suit with a red tie and he's kind of orange and he's got blonde hair swept over and he's like the president or something. And he's like, I'm going to kick this Klansman. Yes. Yeah. He imagines like the hood with eyes and the guy's like, I'm a member of the KKK. And then he just <laughs> kicks him in the face. Honestly, it's a great moment. And the football screams the whole way. I liked that moment yeah, as it was, well. It was awesome. I felt, uh, particularly I felt good about that. the year that. of our Lord 2019. It felt pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but they ev- – Eventually, it's com- coming down to the wire, and you know, good thing they've got that guy from the wire. <laughs> that's right. And Henry Winkler has one final idea, but everybody's coming after Bobby. Mm-hmm. Like they're all going to tackle him. So he he has this radical plan. Stay with me, Tom. I'm with you. Bobby passes the football to somebody else. He passes it to, I believe, it's his. Like his team rival. Yeah, it's, it's the guy who used to tease him all the time. Yeah. He's now his friend. Yeah, or uh, at least like, like there's like Handsome a- Muck Eyebrowserson, I think is his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Generic that's right. handsome guy with eyebrows. He's a handsome guy with eyebrows, and he used those eyebrows to win the game. And yep. they win the, the Bourbon Bowl. Yep, uh, which is a huge upset. And now, without the power of the playbook, old coach is soundly defeated. Yeah. Uh, Henry Winkler is, is triumphant. The only thing left is to get married to Vicky Valancourt. Yeah. Or is it because they put a post credit stinger in the fucking movie? Wait, wait, wait. What? Uh, they, okay, not, wait. It's not an actual post credit stinger, but it is what would now be a post credit stinger, which is like, we're married. We're leaving. And Rob Snyder's like, you can do it all night long. And everyone's like, yay. And then out of fucking nowhere. Oh, yes. Car rolls the last up. Moment. And who yes. gets out? But Bobby Boucher's deadbeat dad who's like, I heard you want a bunch of money. We should do stuff with it. And then Kathy Bates tackles him yeah. and then says, like, go enjoy learning to become a man. And then everyone stands around awkwardly and then they drive away slowly. And it's a fucking real weird note to end the movie on. Yeah. Kathy Bates is like, go fuck. <laughs> Lawnmower away into the distance. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I'm that... sorry. I didn't mean to imply there was an actual post credit. No. Bump, but th- I feel like that would have been in, in any other film. Yeah. If it were, in a 2000s now they comedy, would do that. like Wedding Crash or Hangover, that, that's where it would yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And the guy who plays the dad is actually the director of the film. Oh, really? Frank Poracci. Uh, he's got a great face for comedy, which yeah. is a rough thing to say. But also, you know, he knows. He's, he's leaning into it. He's leaning into yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a John Lovitz role that they didn't want to pay John Lovitz to do. <laughs> exactly. And that's The Water Boy. So we're going to be back after this short break. I've got the trivia for you, Tom. I'm very excited. I have some behind the scenes. Mm. I bet you wouldn't know it, but a lot of work went into this film. And we should take a moment to appreciate it. All right. After this break. Hell yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're back. It's rewatchability. We're talking about The Waterboy. I'm here with Tom McGee. Tom, you have podcasts. I do. What are they? So I run two podcasts you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those fun places. I'm on also on a movie podcast called Garbage Town, uh, which I co-host with uh, with two dudes because, <clears throat> you know, we don't have enough dudes talking about <laughs> movies, right? <laughs> there are. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So if gar- you know some dudes, please start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But we're allowed to do it. We're, we're grandfathered into the dudes yep. are allowed to do podcasts. So, yeah, we do. Uh, it's called Garbage Town, the comedy movie podcast where we uh, review movies that are either in cinema or old movies that remember being terrible uh we recently did small soldiers um, oh that's a good which one i've held rage in my heart about forever uh, it's a lot of fun so you can check that out we often have guests on comedians we just did our 160th episode about uh <laughs> SummerSlam. we decided nice. to just like dip into the wwe for a day because wow. truly a garbage production and the other one is called Dum Dums and dragons which is a uh, podcast that i host and run where we have uh, comedians and improvisers come on and play dungeons and dragons for the first time wow it's a lot of fun it's very dumb it's very silly uh, we're on our fourth season right now. There's a lot of fun shit going on. So, yeah, you can find both of those. We've got a website, garbageproductions.net, or you can just find us on the iTunes or the Google Plays. Yeah, all those things. wherever fine podcasts are served. Excellent. Do that. But okay. also listen to the rest of this one. No, it's yeah, fine. No, you just got go. To no, no. Just go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, Tom, I have some trivia questions for you, and uh, – These are, you know, I don't know if you're a Bobby Boucher of trivia, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to get some touchdowns with this. I I was born ready. (laughs) Okay. I've drank my magical glacier water to keep me me going, so let's do it. The first one is sort of a low ball. For which film did Kathy Bates, who plays Bobby Boucher's mama, Mrs. Boucher, for what movie film did she win the Academy Award for Best Actress? That would have been Misery, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, good. Way to go. There's a second part to the question. So which movie did she do which reteamed her with the director of Waterboy and also featured, I'm going to give you some hints, Jackie Chan, Steve Coogan, and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, would that have been around the world in 80 days? It is. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Did, did not you... see it. No, no. <laughs> it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's love... by the director of The Water Boy. Oh, like, I love Jackie Chan, but there are days when I'm like, oh, Jackie. Right. Mm. Well, when he's like, you know, advocating for taking away human rights in China or whatever. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't do that, man. Don't do That's it, man. Just do more Operation Condors. <laughs> yeah, Operation Condor 3, the Condorening. Yes. That was good. You got uh, both points for that. That's Thanks, uh, that's two touchdowns. Oh, sick. So you only need to get two more to win this Well, Rob, set. I've got a trivia question for you. What? How many points do I have now in football? Six. Oh, so close. Fourteen. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's seven points for each touchdown. I can't afford that many points, Tom. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, we're not playing the foosball because my mama would get real mad at me. So <laughs> my no, mama I have would two too. rewatchability points that I can cash in at my, my – you know, maybe I can get a giant novelty comb or like. <laughs> I love some, honestly. There were some great prizes in the studio. I wish you could see them. They're they're majestic. I love Kathy Bates, and uh, you know, I think 
like maybe she reminds me of my own mom. I don't know. I think she's so great in this. And like it's sort of a silly movie, but I fucking love Kathy Bates. I'm glad she brought the noise. A hundred percent. It's like her and Winkler are two of those people who I think you can plug into almost anything yeah. and they'll just elevate it. Like yeah. it's just better because they're around. Yeah. Um, and both of them deliver the perfect tone for this and unflinchingly. Like they know exactly what it is. They deliver it at exactly – she just plays the character from Misery. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but like she lives in the bayou. Like it's wild. But she's just like, yep. Like there's no there's no like winking at the camera being like, I'm better than this. It's like – no, I am Mama Boucher. Yeah. Well, I actually My have husband a... died in the Foreign Legion. <laughs> I actually have a quote from her from an interview where she talked about this. She says, well, my agent sent me the script and actually she didn't want me to read it because she didn't like it. But they made me an offer. So legally they had to send me the script. And I read the first 12 pages and it was about football and it was kind of silly. So I tossed it in the trash next to my bed. And my niece, who worked for me, saw this script lying in the trash. I guess it's like a child labor thing. And she said, what is this? And she picked it up, and it had Adam's name on it. And she said, Adam Sandler? Don't you know who Adam Sandler is? (laughs) (laughs) So that's why she ended up doing the film. But also her sort of portrayal – I mean, she's great. She's great at whatever she does. Whatever – I mean, it's going to be fantastic. But as to whether or not, like, it was an accurate portrayal of, you know, New Orleans mama, she said she came from Memphis, her oh, family. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, Tennessee. And she says that uh, she thinks that her family would have looked down on people like the Bouchers. They were Cajun down there in the swamps and the Everglades and stuff. So she says that she thinks she came from a quote-unquote more refined culture than that. And she didn't even have an idea what a Cajun accent was like. So she just sort of had fun and did whatever she wanted with it, which kind of like, you know, as, you know, somebody who has studied the art of acting, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, Kathy. I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, the the character of Mama seems so disconnected from everything else around her Mm -hmm. that I I feel like she would be – she'd be too good for just a regular accent. She's got to develop her own thing. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she leads her own life. Also, she's not originally from Louisiana in this film. Oh, I don't think. I don't think. Well, maybe. Oh no, maybe I'm getting confused because the husband moved away. But I feel like he moved to Louisiana and she followed. Isn't that correct? I think they're in Louisiana, and uh, I'd, like, I guess if Vicky Valancourt knew him as a kid, they they're in there like the, the outskirts, like you know the the swamps, the place where Hard Target yep. takes place. <laughs> and he went to uh, New Orleans. Oh, I see. Which I is see. A, yes, yes, is a devil, devil city. Yes, yes, where where you find the voodoo women, apparently. <laughs> and the yes. house of New Orleans. But yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Trivious question the second. This this is going to be a hard one. Mm-hmm. So I would like you to name one Adam Sandler film where Rob Schneider doesn't appear. It's a tough one. Name one where he doesn't appear. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to – I know you're yelling out at home. No, I'm, I'm flipping a coin between two. I'm going to say – fuck, I can't remember the, what the name of it is, but the one with him and Jennifer Aniston. It's like the switch or something uh, where it's like they have to pretend that they're dating. They're not. But it's it's late era Sandler. OK. Let's – I mean we're just going to look it up yeah, right yeah, now because yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't have Rob Schneider's – 
filmography memorized. Well, you do that. Any I'm going to look up football points to make sure I got that right. Okay. And Tom, do you want some water? Uh, I, uh, yes, thank you. Some high quality uh, H2O. That'd be delightful. Oh, thanks. That's great. Oh, so appropriate for the, the, the show we're discussing. I'm going to get myself some too, which is technically illegal for a water boy. You're not supposed to, you know, you don't shit where you drink. Oh, but Rob, you're a water man. You can do what you want. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, what was that movie called? Just Go With It, 2011. You know what, Tom? Mm-hmm. You're correct. Yay! Just Go With It. He's not in there. And I have heard speculation as to why that there was some sort of, like, falling out between Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider between Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2. Which he did not appear in. Did not appear in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. I can't oh, remember was it what about his politics? Ah, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure it was on, like, Mark Maron or something mm, like that. Yep. But they did, evidently, and this really made me feel good, they did heal whatever strain was in the relationship because Rob Schneider did appear in The Ridiculous Six mm-hmm. and in Sandy Wexler, which I didn't see. Yes, uh, nor should you. Uh, I haven't seen it either, <laughs> but you know. Uh, also, I, I owe you an apology, Rob. One touchdown is indeed six points. The extra point is for the kick. So if I had the guy from The Wire doing that extra kick on both my points, I would have 14, but technically I only have 12. Damn. Just I figured there would be one one sports fan who's like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> He's being so smug about it. Fuck him. Somebody so. who has at least seen one game of football. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen several. I just don't pay attention. Yeah, no. Uh, and So I kind of cheated, though, because I, I knew there was that dead zone of no Schneider. But also I, – so I was going to guess punch drunk, but it was early enough that maybe – You'd show up, but there is just kind of a period where Adam Sandler is doing kind of the more generic. Like, I don't think he's in Click. I don't think he's in a lot of the kind of like that era. Yeah, I should have specified like Adam Sandler produced because obviously he's not going to be in fucking Paul Thomas Anderson's not going to cast Rob Schneider. Come on, Tom. Yes. Well, I mean, but one day <laughs> we were also talking before about uh, whether he was in. Yeah. No, he's not in Happy Gilmore. This is the first one where he appears. All right, so this would be the first you can do it. Yeah, but he does uh, He does appear in Big Daddy, Little Nicky, and I guess he had his own career too, which is interesting. But <laughs> he, he did have his own show for a bit where he played himself, um, <laughs> both gigolos. But yes, his, his politics are a bit problematic for, for light comedies. <laughs> okay, so uh, third question. This one's a little bit tougher, but it helps me that you talked about SummerSlam recently because this uh, is a question about a wrestler. So the actor who plays Captain Insano mm-hmm. has a prestigious acting career, Paul White, The Big Show. Can you name another film that he has starred in or that he has appeared in? Uh, I'm going to guess at this because I haven't actually seen it, but it would make sense. Was he in Ready to Rumble? Tom, no. I know that I know it was a different league, but like, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's that's a fair. I would have guessed that. Um, he's actually in Jingle All the Way. Is he the Big Santa? He's the Big Santa. Fuck, man, I love Jingle All the Way. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta put that Big Santa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another film featuring SNL alums. He's also appeared. He there was a he did a movie called Knuckleheads, which was like a comedy by WWE Studios. Yeah, they do that. They do that. And he also appeared in McGruber. Fuck. Another SNL alumni movie as uh, somebody named Brick Hughes. 
Yeah. All right. That tracks. I was also, as you were listening to those, trying to figure out what the feud was. Uh, Schneider has now officially said that it's because his wife had a baby, but there's definitely some like other shit going on there. So Damn. Get on it, tinfoil hats. We're going to solve <laughs> Epstein first, and then we're going to solve Rob Schneider not being an Adam Sandler movie second. We don't need to solve the second one. <laughs> yeah, I, haven't, like, I haven't watched an Adam Sandler movie in a long time, like one of the new ones. And like there are the ones that are on Netflix because he has like a six-picture deal with yeah, them. Yeah, so uh, the reason for that, you may already know this, but the reason for that was that they did – Netflix is notoriously tight-lipped about their algorithms. But the data showed that similar to Nickelback going platinum – uh, even though no one would cop to watching Adam Sandler movies on Netflix, they were the most watched thing yes. movies on Netflix. So yeah, when when they gave him the the six picture deal and like Ridiculous Six was the first of that, everyone was kind of like, "What the fuck? Where the fuck has Adam Sandler been?" But they're like, "Well, like our audience is putting this on, likely in the background, but like they're doing it." So here you go. So yeah. that's how we got like Murder Mystery, which I think is the most recent one. Uh, yeah. He did that musical tribute to Farley that was like one of his pictures, quote quote. He did that right. that spy one with Spade, uh-huh. Ridiculous Six, and I th- think there's one other. There might be a Kevin James one in there somewhere. I don't know. Was did, what was that movie? What, didn't he do a movie with Dustin Hoffman and somebody else? Yes, I think Ben he Stiller did the brothers something something. Anyway, yeah, there, there was a prestige picture not that long ago that I think he he did. But you know, then you've also got like the Jack and Jills of the world. So, you know, <laughs> he just really balances it out. Well, I I I I don't think that he's made any bad films. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to go vomit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to wash these mics. <laughs> Honestly, the other dude's going on vacation for like one fucking week. Just vomit all over the studio. <laughs> Fill it with prizes that I can win with my points. <laughs> Meyerwitz stories. That's the one that's I was the one thinking, I was thinking of. of. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I do like him when he, you know, tries a little. I think he's still good. Well, he, he's a capable guy and he, he's very funny. He's very smart. It's just he makes some real fucking bad calls. Yeah. Well, this movie <clears throat> has a pretty illustrious production history. Yeah, which yeah. I would tell like me more about this. I'm, I'm fascinated. Well, I mean, you might wonder where they got the idea for this movie. Rob, where did they get the idea for this movie? Well, I mean, you could think that it's from, like, watching football or maybe there was, like, a story in Sports Illustrated about a water boy or something like that. But, uh, no, they were just... They just sat around a table and they were goofing off and they just came up with it. Wait, so they had a podcast? <laughs> no. If... if Adam Sandler and the director of this film had a podcast. They would never have made this movie. I mean, we wouldn't have probably nine or ten of Adam Sandler's movies. <laughs> Fuck, they need a podcast now. <laughs> Get Adam Sandler a podcast before it's too late, before that's all that's on Netflix. <laughs> but I wondered when I was watching this film, why Louisiana? Did they have some sort of deep connection was tax break i bet tax break (laughs) well maybe i thought one of the creative team could have been from louisiana it's a proud state with a proud history and uh no no they uh a bunch of them had gone there for mardi gras when they were at (laughs) nyu together Uh, because this movie was written with tim herlihy which was one of adam sandler's buddies that he worked with on saturday night live Mm. And he's written all the movies for Adam Sandler, oh my pretty much. God. Like all of them. 
And uh, do they just like keep them at the bottom of a well, and, like open it, and, like throw in a bucket of fish heads, and they're like pump another one out? This one's a western. Make it racist, and they just close the well. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, I yeah. think. But I mean, it's the same thing with the director Frank Caracci. Like I said, he did that uh, Around the World in Eighty Days film. But other than that. He has pretty much only done the Adam Sandler well, films. If I'm not mistaken, Around the World in 80 Days tanked. Like yes. he lost a fuck ton of money. That may be why he wasn't given yeah. another. It, was it Disney? It was like, it was a big studio too. And so I, I suspect, you know, it's like, well, you made us some money on the water boy, but you shit the bed on Around the World in 80 Days. <laughs> Who could have known this was a bad idea? <laughs> Jim cut to the camera. Everyone, um, yeah, but apparently they pitched it to Disney and Disney said yes in the room because Adam Sandler. Yeah, because Adam Sandler makes a lot of money. So uh, why would why would you say no to that? Well, I, I mean, it, it's odd. As I was watching this and, and thinking about kind of what I'd read about Netflix and and I, uh, for my day job, I've been spending a lot of time reading about Netflix and how they they target things. And what I did find interesting about this is even though there are jokes about being hillbillies. They're all kind of it. None of it's mocking, which is odd. It's kind of an oddly, yep. This is just who these people are, and it's not necessarily like it's still a, a cliche-ridden mess. But there's something kind of interesting, I think, in that idea of they don't judge these characters in the film. That I think perhaps the filmmakers are just by virtue of like setting it up that way. Yeah, but there isn't. There's this tone of just like these. This is who these people are. This is almost a Trailer Park Boys vibe, right? Which is like this is just who these people are, right? So here they are. Here, here they are, just doing their thing. That I think probably does appeal in some ways to groups that are usually shown as like Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel on The Simpsons, or like just tropes where it's like, no, 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 like look, it's it's a hillbilly, and that's funny. Whereas here they're just like, no, it's just who we are. He's yeah. eating the snake, and like, look, here's a guy who lives near us, but he's also weirded out by it. But it's fine. <laughs> it's just normal for us. It's different for him, and he's like, okay, cool. Tell me about. What part of the snake I'm eating? Yeah, well, I think that there is something to that. I mean, I think that Adam Sandler tries to make movies which view regular people in a positive light mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, I mean, regular people are his audience. That's what I mean. That, like, that's who's putting on like five Adam Sandler films in their queue and just going like, "Have at it." And that is sort of like what Clint Howard says, like about yes, yes, Bobby Boucher, exactly. is that he does it for the ugly people, even though I mean, Adam Sandler isn't ugly. No. You know, just inside. <laughs> and with his movies. Yes, I don't I, know if he's ugly inside. Yeah. But No, I agree. And and yeah, just that idea. He does wear unflattering t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, and, and they just give him a vest with weird shit on it and like make him wear a backpack. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure whether or not I think like some of the jokes are like cruel or not. Because there is stuff like, you know, at one point Henry Winkler in a flashback is uh, – calling his mom and talking about a disappointment and we see that i mean first of all the phone handle's not connected and secondly yep. he's wearing some heels yeah yeah uh i had to uh, think about that too because i so uh, i don't know if this is jumping ahead at but all but he's so. not like a bad guy well, they don't like and, make and, fun and of and him he's not what, what's odd is he's in the heels and i think the joke as intended is oh look he's wearing ladies shoes but if you follow the track of that character it also just seems like Henry Winkler might just legitimately enjoy wearing ladies' shoes. Yeah. But it's the problem, I think, or the, where it starts to get a little sticky is if you pair that with the Billy Madison, Steve Buscemi arc, where he puts on lipstick and heels right. and comes and, like, shoots up a pl- Like, there's this, <laughs> they seem to, like, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's an unfortunate association between wearing gendered clothing and mental breakdowns in these films. Yeah. Which is a very 90s trope. 
that's gross. But also, weirdly, if you're wearing – like, charitably, I would fully buy that Henry Winkler, like, spends time in high heels and is just content about it. Yeah. But, I mean, again, the problem is I'm also, like – these are all charitable reads. Yeah. This was 1990s – 1998 comedy. So the odds – and not that today's, like, strikingly <laughs> better. But, well, uh, I mean, anyway. I think we're at least conscious of things like that. And, you know, I think going into this movie, I sort of expected, like, a lot of juvenile humor and stuff that I, you know, wouldn't fly in a movie like this. I was markedly less offended by this rewatch than I anticipated. Yeah, I right. I to be really, really bummed out about it. So uh, I've got, like, just a, it's always been a personal beef of mine, but a family member of mine has Down syndrome. And so in, growing up and in my household, the uh, the term retarded was always like mm-hmm. – that was like the most no-fly kind of like casually thrown around word that like uh, – even just saying it now makes me feel gross. Um, but that was like the term that was like the most jarring in, in terms of like a personal as a white guy growing up in the suburbs thing. So like right. obviously there are other words that I'm like, no, that's a really fucking bad word. Yeah. But it's interesting because going back to this, I was like, holy shit, is this just going to be – a bunch of like, are they going to lean hard on a differently abled mental state of the of Bobby Boucher? Is it like, blah blah blah? And I was shocked that the only time it came up was a villain showing up at the. It's like, well, sorry, there's the villain on his team, and then there's the villain quarterback of the other team. Right. So it does happen once with like a quote quote good guy who we cheer for later. Yeah. But um, they I also was, call him Needle Dick, which. People with needle dicks, <laughs> yeah, truly uh, have dignity. Yeah, it, it's very difficult for them to find a condom that works <laughs> because they have a dick that's made of needles. Yeah. But uh, it was an interesting. I, I was pleasantly surprised that the way they played it was just he's he's a simple guy, mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. he's also like actually really good at learning. But like, yeah, he gets just, a ninety-seven percent on the GED. Yeah, he fucking like crams eight books. Over, yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, but. That was, given that era, a kind of pleasant surprise that it wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to like slam him with random slurs because we can. Yeah. Um, but it also, I don't think that it plays that he's like, he's not even like simple, like in the vague, ambiguous Forrest Gump way. He's like sheltered, you yeah, know? Yep. And he is also very timid because his mom is such like a you know, large personality who doesn't let him do things. Well, and his coach, evil coach, when he was a kid, one of the quarterbacks, mean quarterbacks, spat in his water and he went to hit him with like a ladle. Yeah. And the coach was like, you got to keep that in check. So there's also an interesting, there's kind of an interesting streak to this film, which is like, he's actually just like a Zen level of in control until Henry Winkler is like, you can let it out. And I Because literally Winkler's like, you got to stand up for yourself, kid. Like, you can't let them push you around. And that like unleashes the beast. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm going to say, short of the the weird boob grab, uh, much much uh, less offended than I anticipated being. Because like, yeah, ooh. I do feel bad for Feruza Balk. Uh, yeah, she had a rough ride, but she has things. a lot of fun in the in the movie. Yeah. I well, I, I think it's again like to your point earlier, she's in a more interesting version of that character than we see a lot in in the '90s. She's kind of scary. She's mm-hmm. like, I'll I'll kill these people for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. She's honestly she's given the track that Sandler usually gives to a dude, uh-huh. except she's also the love interest. But like, she's a gearhead. She's capable. She's a criminal. She's kind of scary, right? Um, she's intelligent. She also like stands up for him all the time in like yeah. a, in, in like a fairly healthy way. Yeah. So yeah, you can tell she's having fun, and honestly, it's more fun than than having to be the lady from you know Happy or um fucking Billy Madison just being like, 
hi, I'm just very pretty, and my job <laughs> is to stand here and be pretty as a trophy you can win. Like, ugh. When I was doing research for this movie, I found a blog or a website or something that said, be a Vicky Valancourt, not a Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is that is a fucking world's collide that I did not expect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, be a Vicky Valancourt, not a <laughs> But this movie has a huge cultural impact that I didn't really realize. Like, in the sports world, in particular football, it has been big. Like, some fans will dress up as the Farmer Fran character, really? apparently, or have in Damn. the past. Also, like, the merchandising has fully been exploited. Like, Adidas had... Bobby Boucher jerseys that they sold for like holy shit 120 bucks. Yeah, that's 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 jersey price. And there were also like helmets and other things for like less prices. Well, but I mean, and we talked about this a bit earlier, but I was also just shocked at how many lines stuck in my head. So like right, like Gatorade, yeah. great high water quality sucks. Yeah, yeah, water sucks. It really really sucks. Um, high quality H two O. Bobby Boucher, don't go play in the foosball behind my back. Like, all those fucking lines. <laughs> and the one that really got me was uh, Henry Winkler trying to come up with uh, – when we first meet him, he's trying to come up with um, a strategy. He's like – and then uh, you know he's doing the whole like beautiful mind thing on a chalkboard. And I was like, fake to the left. No, you fake to the right. And I was like, holy shit. I, that's, that's a weird line that stuck in my head <laughs> that I had right. no, no context for. That was also I think for me my first Henry Winkler movie. I right. haven't seen him in anything. So no. that was kind of the first. It was before he became like – he sort of got back into the spotlight. I think well, I wasn't like allowed to watch – yeah, for sure. And I wasn't allowed to watch Scream. So I hadn't I wasn't seen allowed him. to watch Happy Days. <laughs> well, understandably. <laughs> I mean your family just had respect for jukeboxes. That's right. Um, but uh, Those things are expensive. <laughs> stop hitting them. Put a quarter in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting. And also in terms of sports movies, uh, I feel like – there's a limited amount of legitimately – and air quotes to the end of time with this, but like good comedy sports movies. Right. There's a lot of like the Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. like Rudy, like, well, we, we lost but we learned the value of teamwork or right. we won and we you know defy the odds. But you kind of have a, a gap between kids' comedy mo- things. So like the Mighty Ducks, which was – I think really more of it. The first one, at least, was pitched more as an adult film because it's about a lawyer, <laughs> Just a good lawyer. service, and then they're like, "Oh, make it about the kids." Um, but you know, like uh, the Big Green yep. and the Sandlot and all that shit. So you got that, and then you've got kind of the inspirational ones, Field of Dreams, all that stuff. But there's kind of like a gap, yeah. And I feel like this film kind of basically takes that idea of something like a Sandlot. And just does it on a grander adult scale, and yeah. a, lot, a lot of films do that. Yeah. So I can understand why it would kind of capture that and also college football is fucking huge it is it's like not here no 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 in america it is wild down yeah. there it's um, like a thing friends of mine were, were i was just talking to some they were just down uh in the states and they wanted to just go see a random college football game but the entire stadium was sold out for the entire year and they auctioned tickets off like it's it was an eighty thousand seat arena like it's bonkers so i understand not only like oh it's not even an nfl thing it's like an ncaa like it really hits ticks a lot of boxes mm-hmm. I also have uh, read that it is very influential in rap music. Like it gets referenced a lot. Bobby Boucher gets referenced in a lot of raps by rappers. That makes me so happy in a strange way. (laughs) I I, I looked at some of the lyrics. There are some that I dare not say as a white guy. But this one I think I can from Kanye West's New Slaves. He says – 
allow me to rap. Can't control me. I know that we the new slaves. I know that we are the new slaves. I'm about to wild the fuck out. I'm going Bobby Boucher. I know that pussy. Damn, son. Yeah. He's also been mentioned by Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's the thing. Do you think Kanye is bummed that he married a Kardashian and not a Vicky Valancourt? Oh, my God. That blog was written by Kanye. <laughs> now I have to start listening to Kanye and pay attention to his lyrics. <laughs> or I'll just not. If you've met me, you know I'm Big Nicky. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> it's just all Adam Sandler. Just like people rapping about Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's just, I don't know. <laughs> but so that's the water boy. Tom, what did you think watching it this time? I mean, you know, it's been a long time for both of us, I think, for Adam Sandler. But what did you think? Yeah, I found it again. I found it less offensive than I thought, uh, a little more charming than I thought, because I think I f- I'd forgotten that Adam Sandler can play almost like what would now be like a Steve Carell right. character. Like just a very sweet, innocent, incredibly well-meaning – or like Will Ferrell and Elf. Mm-hmm. Like just an incredibly positive character – I uh, there were moments I found funny. Honestly, the the farmer dude was my my like that guy's awesome. He he fucking wins the day for me on on this round. I yeah. I was laughing so much yeah. just at him. Kathy Bates I I enjoyed back then. I enjoy more now just knowing like the yeah pe- the, like the pedigree of actor she is and seeing her just like really fucking have fun and I, I like, love the relationship between her and Adam Sandler. Like it's it's kind of. Scary, but also, like, sweet at the end. Well, and I think that's, again, what kind of distinguishes this and some of the earlier Sandler films from later ones is that he's – it's all played with heart. The entire mm. fucking film. Every single character. Right. The villains. Heart. Even Clint Howard is is played with heart, which is, re- like, yeah. normally a throwaway joke with the exception of weirdly Rob Schneider just being like, you can do it. Kill them. Like, he feels like a character who fell out of – like a happy Gilmore yeah. into this. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't find it as funny as it did as a kid, but that's also just because I've seen better slapstick, I think. Yeah. The soundtrack is really good. Yeah. The, it, it's a very... Like 90s hits. Fuck, yeah. It, it's it's an expensive-ass soundtrack. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but like, cool, thanks. Yeah. So no, I, I had a lot of fun. Like, I, I don't know that I'll be rushing out to see it again. Um, yeah. But as a film that I really only remember from having seen as a kid and then seeing it again now, being like... Oh shit! And I'm weirdly on over on Garbage Town, I've had this the inverse of this, or like where I've remembered hating a film as a kid and then seeing it again, and be like, oh yeah, no, it holds up. I still hate it. <laughs> um, whereas usually it's the opposite. So it was kind of nice to be like, I remember this being good. I hope it doesn't suck. And then be like, oh yeah. I mean, again, with the caveats we've mentioned, generally speaking, yeah, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think that I enjoyed watching it. There were some times that I. Definitely laughed. I think that you're right. Like, it is a very positive. It has a lot of heart, which I think is good for a sports movie. Like, with all this stuff about Adam Sandler, you know, thinking about the people who makes, make him angry and project them on other people. Like, this movie seems like it's very much predicated on the technology to put one actor's head on 100%. a different actor's head. It's like, we wanted to do this 20 years ago. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick wanted to direct this film, but yeah. we didn't have the technology. Yeah, it's like James Cameron's like, oh, fuck, I just, I really wanted to make this. But <laughs> by the time the green screens were put up in the warehouse, uh, someone had already done it. <laughs> but I feel like it has less of, like, the stuff that... Uh, some of the other Adam Sandler movies have because 
I don't like he doesn't have to like learn anything. No. I'm not saying like Adam Sandler movies are famous for their protagonists learning something. No, but the the, the better ones are like both Happy Gilmore and yeah. Billy Madison are reliant on him coming to a realization and and changing. Whereas this one is like he's a good dude the whole time. Yeah, and his mom has to just tell him the truth. But even then, he's like, yeah, his arc is very clean in this. It's just kind of yep. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm glad that there are character relationships uh, like the one with Kathy Bates. And yeah, like even the Vicky Valancourt thing, though, it's a bit inexplicable. Like it's it's sweet. Mm. And uh, yeah, so well, it's kind of him and Henry Winkler have a really nice relationship. Right, yeah. And the, the, the reverse at the end where he's just like, you helped me coach. Let me help you. is like a really nice weird little weird little beat to get. And apparently he cast Henry Winkler because Henry Winkler heard the Hanukkah song in which Henry Winkler is yeah. mentioned. And then Henry Winkler sent Adam Sandler a nice note. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it? Oh, That's sure. what I want Hollywood more, to be. Yeah, I just right? want it to be like more like nice old Ben sending notes. It's like, I heard you mention me <laughs> in a song. <laughs> Dear Mr. Sandler, you don't know me, but my name is Henry Winkler. Um, <laughs> The other thing that my wife Miles pointed out when we were watching this was it also just – they get down to business fast. Yeah. Like he is fired, goes home and is rehired in maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And tackles the first guy at like maybe maybe the 15, 20-minute mark. And we're both watching it and we're like, fuck, that is – I expected a lot more build and it's because I think we're used to the kind of the, the 2000s comedy bloat. Yeah. We want to like live in the it's world. Like two and a half hours or it's just like, oh, we really got to spend a bunch of time setting this. It's yeah. like a 40-year-old virgin feels like two separate movies that are kind of stapled together in the middle. This is just like, no, he's an angry guy and he tackles people. Here we go. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I mean like they could definitely do more to establish like the Vicky Valancourt relationship because she just sort of like comes and goes and, you know, but uh, – and then comes back. But – I don't know that the movie wants to settle on those points. And, like, you know, when Adam Sandler's movies do focus on the romantic relationship, that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, and fundamentally, this this film is Bobby Boucher's film. Like, the even Mama and Coach and Vicky, mm-hmm. they're there, but they're not – there's not one defining relationship yeah. in it. They just kind of, like, click in when they're needed and click out when they aren't. Yeah. It still does feel a bit long, even though it's only 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Largely because once you get over that that gag, and again, as a kid, I didn't, but the gag of just like he's going to yell like a pig, like squeal like <laughs> a pig and then tackle someone, that's it. Like that's kind of the middle of the movie is is yeah. that. And I don't I'll, find any pleasure in that anymore. No, no. Um, you know, when uh, when, when the, the politics of the world just keep tackling you while squealing no. like a pig, you're like, yeah. it's not funny anymore. But um, I've been Bobby Boucher by life. Well, and I think too that it's it, – <laughs> haven't we all? <laughs> just ask Kanye. Um, but uh, – there's, I think there's value in variety and unfortunately this gag is literally just he's going to tackle people. Yeah. And th- there are a couple of versions, of, variations on it. But ultimately it's that which kind of drags out I think the, the middle section a bit. But Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say – yeah. I'm going to say rewatchable. It's not like the same uh, level as some of the other ones. I think uh, the other Adam Sandler movies, some of them before this are like a little bit uh... – Definitely. Well, to your point, it's lacking the stuff. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it's one gag played out. With a bunch of kind of minor gags, whereas I find a lot of the other ones, there's variety, there's interest, there's different styles of comedy happening constantly yeah. that keep you... But at least it's a movie. Like, uh, absolutely. It, it, it's a, a world with, like, a plot and, you know, it's not just, like, Adam Sandler hanging out with his friends. So I guess the bar is low, but... Uh... <laughs> Thanks, grown-ups and grown-ups, too. Um... <laughs> Directed by uh, fucking Frank Karachi. God damn it, of course yeah. it is. 
So anyway, that's uh, that's the water boy. Tom, thanks for coming on yeah, and talking. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Do you want some more water? Uh, you know what? Want I think I'm going to switch over to Gatorade because I'm a monster. Ow! Right in the face. Where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at McGeeTD. Uh, and as I mentioned before, if you want to check out my other two podcasts, they are Garbage Town, the movie podcast, and Dum Dums and Dragons. Uh, you can find Dum Dums and Dragons at DDND on Twitter, I think. Yeah, just Google it. We're the only dumb dumb dragons <laughs> out there. But uh, yeah, so those are my other two shows. And otherwise, it's me retweeting funny things about things I like and then occasionally sad things about things I don't. So yeah, nice. 2019 <laughs> in the digital age. Everybody has to be funny and politically aware. <laughs> and you can find us here next week when we'll be talking about a movie. I'll figure it out by then. <laughs> and... You can find us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't subscribed already. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. If you'd like to request a movie, go to rewatchability at gmail.com and you can email us at that address. Don't go to it. Go email us from your own inbox. We will get the email. Or you can go to rewatchability.com and click on the speak pipe thing and leave us a little voicemail and we could play it on the show when we're talking about your movie. And that's a nice thing. Yeah, that is a nice thing. And remember, hydrate. Got to get some high-quality H2O. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.